This is Living the Breed with Fox News Chief Legal Correspondent Shannon Breed. Welcome to this week's Live in the Brain podcast. I've got someone who is not only somebody I know professionally, but personally as well. So there's no telling where this conversation mm. might go today. Please welcome Penny Nance, the CEO and president of Concerned Women for America and fellow Liberty University alum as well. Great to have you today. Oh, great to be here on Living the Brain. <laughs> is that cheesy enough for you? I love the, the name no. of my podcast. Good. I just figured there was a, a little bit of cheese and that's mm-hmm. sort of the appropriate level of where it's we okay. needed to go. Um, yes, it's just between friends. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us about what Concerned Women for America does, because you guys take a lot of hits. I mean, I hear from people yeah. that, oh, they're far right-wing nut jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a very specific mission. So That's to right. your critics, what is it? Thank you. Yeah, we are actually the, the nation's largest public policy women's organization. We have about a half a million members. We have 400 adult chapters, 35 college chapters, or maybe 36 by now. Every, it seems like every week there's a new one. We call those our Young Women for America chapters. And uh, yes, we are concerned conservative. We are unabashedly pro-life and I'm happy to tell you about it. We have seven core issues. Um, Our seven issues are life, marriage, uh, local control of education, um, religious freedom, national sovereignty, um, and the the issue of a sexual exploitation, which would Mm -hmm. be things like, you know, sex trafficking. Trafficking. And then Mm -hmm. finally, support for Israel. Mm -hmm. We've been around about 38 years. We we were founded by Dr. Beverly LaHaye back in the 70s, and we've just had this uh, amazing history of uh, being the voice for conservative women uh, on the federal level, at the state level, and the national media. And I'm just gr- just grateful and honored to get to to be the president of the organization. Yeah, and you guys are in the middle of a lot of important conversations going on in Washington and around the country. Um, and I hear from both sides all the time. Mm-hmm. I hear from Planned Parenthood and NARAL. I hear from you on the conservative side. And um, it, it seems like there is um, a lot of disagreement on very fundamental issues, obviously. Um, But do you think that there are common ground ideas where you can connect? You talk about trafficking and about Mm -hmm. other issues that it would seem all women could get on board with supporting specific issues. Can Mm -hmm. you ever see yourself working together with some of these groups on those kinds of things? You know, there should be. You know, you would think that just the basic idea of human rights would be something that we could work together on. You know, Concern Women for America, now that we have a Trump administration, has a much more of a voice in foreign policy at the U.N., and in fact, I have meetings there tomorrow. Um, But unfortunately, I I believe that there complete fidelity to the idea of abortion at any point, for any reason, all paid for by the taxpayer, um, is central to ev- to everything pretty much they do. So when you don't meet that criteria, there doesn't seem to be much of a conversation going forward, and we will never. We believe in the sanctity of human life. We don't believe that our taxpayer dollars should pay for abortion. In fact, I have a piece out on Washington Examiner yesterday um, really uh, calling out Planned Parenthood for the dishonesty honesty that they have uh, put forward about the Republican health care bill, the fact that they, um, you know, swoon and say that if we shift funding from Planned Parenthood to federal qualified community health centers, that women will die. And what we did at Concerned Women for America was a survey, and we have it up on our website at ConcernedWomen.org, that breaks down all the federally qualified health centers around the country. And by the way, they outnumber Planned Parenthood's 18 to 1. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're talking about a about 11,500 versus about 650 Planned Parenthood mm-hmm. clinics. Um, and we break them down by congressional district and by state and have the address so people can go to those. That doesn't even take into account all the 
private doctors that take Medicaid and all those charities, all those church-run uh, pregnancy care centers that are around the country. There's about 20,000, or excuse me, about 2,000 of those. Mm-hmm. So it's just dishonest to pretend that they're the only game in town when the truth is they're soaking up such a large portion of the tax dollars that could actually go to these other clinics that care for the whole woman. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're advocating for. Well, and I am always working on trying to get someone from Planned Parenthood to come have a co- yeah. conversation on Live in the Bream. They are more than welcome, and I would love that because I think it's important to hear all sides of any well, issue. I would welcome the opportunity to debate Cecile Richards. Oh, I bet you would. I ran into her once here in New York. I had been running in Central Park, and I was super sweaty and gross and <laughs> red-faced and crazy looking. It was a very hot day. <laughs> and I literally ran. I was running, and I saw her across the street on the Upper West Side, and I thought, you know, we've tried so many times to speak with her and to mm-hmm. have her on. I would more than welcome um, her viewpoints and, mm-hmm. and hearing from her. And I thought, do it, it, right now, is this how I should approach her? I look yeah. like a crazy person. Be like, I don't want her to be. Right, exactly. I don't want to scare her. And sometimes I feel like it was a missed opportunity because you have to go through so many layers to get to people. Well, and I, and she's you know, very in, in protected. Yeah, but I would have, you know, sometimes when you, woman to woman or human being to human right. being, when you can meet someone face to face and say, hey, this is not threatening. I want you to come and, and have a, a forum for your ideas and for us to have a conversation. So I didn't do it then, but I, you know what? I'm going running. Uh, yeah. You and I both love to run. Yeah. I'm going to go again and um, in that same area of Central Park. you here now. Maybe I see her again. And I would more than welcome her uh, to come. Now, one of the top Planned Parenthood officials I talked with just a few weeks ago on this issue you were talking about, the clinics, we talked about the money shifting away to clinics um, so that women still get care. Mm -hmm. They just shift away from clinics that perform abortions. Mm -hmm. And she said to me, I've heard horror stories all over the place in cities and towns across the country that at these women's health centers, the qualified health centers that don't perform abortions where, you know, the conservatives want to redirect the money, she says there's a 12-week waiting list for people to get in well, to see doctors and that kind of thing. And, I, you know, my question is, well, if they got the extra money right. funded to them, would they be able to? But she says it's not fair to women. And you said that they say um, women will die because they won't have care if the money is shifted away. I feel like that's so dishonest. When you've got a half a billion dollars that is being taken out of the market and somehow to say, well, they don't have care. Well, they don't have the money to hire extra doctors, but if they had a half, half a billion dollars, they could expand facilities and meet that need. We're just taking it from people who, by the way, don't really use it for mammograms or don't use it um, for uh, for pregnancy services. They use it, you know, to pay for their brick and mortar and other services so they can do abortions. That's central to their mission. And by the way, the president offered them the deal. He said, we'll, we'll give you more. He said more money if you will simply stop doing abortion. And they flat refused and sort of do this like, that's not really who we are, but no, we're not going to stop doing that. Well, and they do say that it, it is core to their mission because they believe it gives women full choice and uh, autonomy over their mm-hmm. body is the, is the, you know, the language they use. Right. That's their mission. That's their belief. They see it as health care. Mm-hmm. And whenever we have debates or conversations, um, that is how they represent it. And so for them, you, you know, that they, they see it as taking away from the core values of what they do and that it if women don't have to them. And then if women don't have every option, um, that they're not really being able to serve women, mm-hmm. um, you know. So it's, it's interesting to see where our country is now, uh, just a few short decades after mm-hmm. Roe v. Wade. And um, at the state level, I know that there is um, a lot of fighting, a lot of tension, because I get, again, the competing press releases um, from the pro-choice side saying, listen, they're stripping away women's rights. These bills are crazy, saying that once you hear a heartbeat, you can't have an abortion. And they have success a lot of times in the courts Mm -hmm. challenging.
challenging these um, laws. At the same time, the pro-life uh, side flooding me with press releases saying, hey, we're having great successes. We're making um, strides at the state level. I know at the federal level, there's been this work on a 20-week ban. Right. Um, so that after that point, abortion would be, with exceptions, it would mm-hmm. be very limited. But right. the norm would be after 20 weeks right. that it, it would be a lot tougher to get an abortion. It's something, of course, President Obama would never sign. Um, there's a new House. There's a new Senate. Um, so where do we go? What are the new battles? Well, to begin with, it's a, it's a new day in America. You know, President Trump has told us in advance that he would sign that bill if we get it on his desk. So that's a game changer. I mean, it takes away, you know, the argument that why should I vote on this hard bill because of what's going to happen? It's only going to die. Well, we know what will happen. Um, this, But the, the interesting thing about this bill is it's, it starts to put U.S. law in line with public opinion. And the truth is that, you know, I, I believe life begins at conception, and I believe that we should protect human life at all stages from uh, from conception to natural death. And not, but not everybody's there with me. But they're also not in line with Cecile Richards and Planned Parenthood, who thinks, like I said before, abortion should be legal at any point in pregnancy for any reason, any number, all paid for the tax paid for by the taxpayer. And what we know is that the vast majority of people, it's like an 80-20 proposition, think that going into the sixth month, this late in pregnancy, at a point where a child has all of her uh, all her organs, she has fingernails and eyebrows, she can hear and respond to her mother's voice and can feel pain, that she's part of our human family and, and, and deserves legal protection. Um, by the way, we're one of seven countries in the world with the most liberal abortion laws, and we're in line with people like China and North Korea, those bad actors. So what this bill does is it starts to put us in line with where the public opinion is, and public opinion is... Uh, is certainly upstream of, of law, and so you have to kind of get there first. And we have, we have, we are winning, and we're winning as Mike as uh, Mike Pence says, life is winning, and we're win- winning because of science. And so I am very excited about this bill. I think that we can get it over the finish line. We're going to have to do a lot of work in the Senate, but I think this really gets us to where the Ameri- where the public really is on the issue. It's such a hard thing to talk about. I mean, a lot of people just don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Even when we do stories on it, sometimes the reaction people is like, oh, that was too graphic. I don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we look at polling, we do see that people have concerns across mm-hmm. the board, regardless of Democrat, Republican, wherever they are. They're squeamish about this idea that it would be available at any time. And they absolutely are opposed to the idea of using taxpayer funding. Mm-hmm. Um, but I find, too, when I talk to people or we do a story, um, sometimes they can't believe what you're saying, like what you said about the countries that U.S. abortion policy lines up with. Um, it's not that way in Europe. And we think of them as being way more socially right. liberal. Mm-hmm. on a lot of things. And the fact that there are a number of states and, mm-hmm. and places within the U.S. that abortion is legal in a lot of cases up to your due date. Right. And I think that people, when you tell them that they don't want to believe that's true because I think then they have to have a different conversation about how comfortable they are or aren't with that idea. Yes, there's a lot of willful ignorance when it comes to that issue. And that is Planned Parenthood's position. Cecile Richards has been asked specifically on that issue and said that a child has rights at birth. And so, um, no, there are completely out of line, and these are the people that also have been selling baby body parts and been caught red-handed. Um, these are the people that have been caught uh, with Medicaid fraud. These are the same people who have been caught aiding and abetting sex traffickers. So they have lost the the um, 
the right to demand money from the U.S. taxpayer. And uh, they have, you know, and perhaps, you know, look, I'm sure they don't really care to have my opinion, but I would suggest that Planned Parenthood's board take a hard look at their business model and consider changing leadership. I think that uh, Cecile Richards has driven that, that organization as hard left as she possibly can to the point where they have expanded abortion, not not less, and they're out of uh, line with the American public, and this is why they're having problems. So if they are serious about actually caring for women, then I would suggest that they change their business model and look at, for different leadership. And to the points that you you made about trafficking the accusations there, I mean, they deny all of that. Um, right. The record, they deny all of that, and um, there's a lot of legal activity wrapped up in that. Interesting, though, in California, that rather than going after the people who were captured on tape and investigating that to see what the truth of it is, um, the people who recorded the videotapes are the ones who are in right. trouble. I mean, that are facing indictments and all, all kinds of things out in California. That was under uh, Kamala Harris, who was mm-hmm. the attorney general, who is now a senator, right. a brand new senator uh, on Capitol Hill. So many, many of those cases still ongoing. And on the other side of that coin, um, uh, you and I both followed the work of the House Select Committee last year that was trying to look into this and investigate. Right. And there, it was a bipartisan committee, although the Democrats made it clear um, they were not, uh, you know, a part of the vision of what was being investigated. They didn't want to go down that path. Mm-hmm. But a lot of those um, investigative uh, things that they uncovered, they referred out for investigation. So there's a lot the still OJ, pending. And which so, which we'll I see. think will eventually look into those. Yeah, they there's wouldn't a lot have going under on. the previous administration. <laughs> right. But they will now. And I think HHS. Um, yes, I think Jeff well. Sessions will take all of that very seriously. Can I go back to one thing you were talking about, sure. how that Cecile Richards is kind of protected and hard to get in touch with? Mm-hmm. I, I actually have even had the experience of being on set at CNN, mm-hmm. um, where I was doing a panel. They brought Cecile Richards in during the quote unquote, I'm using air quotes, you can't see it, for mm-hmm. Women's March. And um, and Anderson Cooper interviewed her. And, but I was told that I could not interact with her. I could mm-hmm. not follow up in the next segment. I couldn't follow up and, and rebut anything she said. Um, she is given such a pass by, um, by you know, the, the mainstream media. Um, and I, I think it's a shame because if we really want to get to truth, then she, she, sh- they, she shouldn't be allowed to just uh, get off scot-free. They would never allow me to to not do a debate panel mm-hmm. on, on the issue of abortion. They're always going to bring somebody of the, the counter view, and that's fine because I believe in I believe what I'm saying and I know mm-hmm. it to be truth. But when you're not comfortable with what you're saying, then you need to be protected. Well, again, uh, open invitation to Cecile or anyone else with Planned Parenthood that would love to come have a conversation. I would love that on Living the Bream. So you uh, open invite. And the lesson is the next time out, I'm out running mm-hmm. on the Upper West Side and I see her, that I shall gather myself together so I don't look as crazed and sweaty and, and make a nice formal in-person plea That's for her right. to join us. Uh, you are also a runner. Yes. Um, you take it very seriously. You are, are you are a serious fitness person. I uh, am how because you I need it, with, it. Well, listen, you've got now one child in college, mm-hmm. one still in high school. Mm-hmm. You're a very busy career woman. Um, you talk about this and about women uh, in your book, Feisty and Feminine, which is now in paperback, in correct? In paperback, yes. Congratulations. Thank, you. Thank uh, you. It's a really interesting take on um, being conservative, mm-hmm. but being a woman and, mm-hmm. and how some people say you can't do those two things. Right. Um, but you talk about people who are doing it well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was so um, happy in my book. I, I wrote this book um, 
as I saw it as a tool for women, for particularly conservative women who get caught in these situations where they want to share their views, but they don't feel prepared. And so I just always think it's a shame when women feel disempowered when they get caught looking at their shoes because they don't know what to say. Um, often we're made to feel like, you know, we're the outcast and that somehow our views don't count. So this was an opportunity. I have every, every chapter is one of, on one of our core issues and just basically uh, gives women just the down and dirty, gives them some statistics and gives them stories and gives them information that they can share. And I say this is not a book to go on the shelf. I want women to rip pages out of it and highlight something and stick it in their purse to read during carpool so that they can uh, acquaint themselves. And then when, the next time the conversation comes up, they're ready. But I do talk about like work-life balance. And, and I'm sure, Shannon, you, you know, you have the same situation. I mean, you have to spend time, you know, in the, in the, if you're in the public eye, you have to spend time taking care of yourself as well as your, your husband, your family, and um, in order to be able to be strong and, and in order to continue to succeed at what you're doing. So when I had little children is when I got very serious about fitness. And so every day I do something for like an hour. I run, I'm on the elliptical, I take a yoga class here and there, and just, you know, it just makes me feel better. It's, it's something I carve out, you know, a, a, I try to do a devotion every day, a little bit of time of prayer and Bible reading, and then I try to do some sort of exercise every day, and that's, you know, kind of what keeps my energy up. Yeah, and I feel like the older I get, exercise is less about, you know, when you're young, it's all about, I need to be as skinny as possible. Right. Which is not always the healthiest thing. Right. But now I feel like it is about mentally Mm -hmm. being tougher and clearing your head and being ready for whatever you're facing, whatever it is you do, or if you're at home full-time or out in the workplace or whatever it is, I think it just gives you a little bit of a, a chance to clear your head. Well, I learned that lesson as a young mom, you know, when my kids, my, I had little babies, I was a better mom. If I could just take a few minutes, my husband would go work out in the morning, he'd come back, and then I would go work out for like, you know, an hour or 45 minutes. And I, my whole day went better. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would just say, t- you know, if you, if you, not every day is the same, not everybody can do something every day, but if you can take time, if you're able to do it, um, ladies, you'll, you'll, be, it'll be a better day for your whole family. Yeah. If you can just take a moment and again, clear your head in the morning, you know, have a, a devotional time or um, and then go go sweat it out because it gets mm-hmm. that angst, angst out. It does. And when I'm feeling really tense, I feel like if I can just go for a run right uh-huh. now. And sometimes I'm in full hair and makeup and eyelashes and high heels. So I'm not <laughs> going for a run right then. Um, but it just, yeah, it helps take the edge off. Oh, all right. Now you and I, um, listen, we're unabashedly looking for things like the right lip gloss, uh-huh. the right eyelashes, yes. the whole thing. Yes. Um, what do you say to, women, to people who say, listen, when you focus too much on that stuff or you joke about it or talk about it too much um it it kind of cheapens your credibility as an intellectual woman i mean can you do both I hope so. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm not we're in big trouble. I'm not giving the other up. I'll yeah. tell you that. And like, Trust you, me, you don't want me to show up to do the show no. with no hair and well, makeup. Well, I mean, you know, it's a different, I guess it depends on your job, too. Yeah. I mean, if you're not in, a, if you're on camera, as you are every day and I am often, and by the way, I have to kind of be ready because I don't know when they're going to call right. me to come to yeah. you. So and you're, to, you're good sport because sometimes we call you and like, be done. we need you now. Yes, my Get roots have now. to always be done. I have to be ready to go. <laughs> and so I'm not, but I don't know. I mean, I just, I'm from the South and, you know. True. And people, when they do my hair, like somebody's, you know, cut my hair with at the end, they're like, do you want hairspray? I'm like, yes, I'm from the How South. The I more, the, the better. Without hairspray. It's what we do. I don't know. But yeah, I, you know, that's just never been an issue for me. And, um, 
and I don't, you know, it's just, I grew up in, in a time in the South, again, where my mother would say, you know, tell me to put lipstick on to the grocery store. Because, <laughs> like, what are you doing? Because I'm going out the door, and you in a small town, you run into everyone you know. Yes, so you, you do. don't. I mean, you know. And I relearned that lesson one time I came home to visit, and I'd been to the gym, same kind of thing, mm-hmm. sweaty, nasty, like didn't, you know, hair. And I ran into all these people I'd gone to high school with. Oh, and I'm you want to like, look cute? You want to look cute oh, when you see Oh, and I think them. I was big and pregnant, too. And so I was just like, <laughs> oh, you had an excuse then. no. They're like, oh, she let herself go. <laughs> and you're like, no, there's a baby in here. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that. No. Um, I don't know. I think it, I think women, um, a lot of us struggle with finding the right balance because you don't want to overdo it and be preoccupied with your parents. Um, but, you know, you want to feel good well, about yourself. And I for people, it's a different thing. Some if, people, it's being comfortable. Um, right. And that makes them more comfortable in their skin and they can do their thing. And some of us put up with the eyelashes. I kind of think if fine. I put a little effort in the morning, I don't have to think about it the rest of the day. Yeah. It kind of takes it off. Like, I okay, this, it is, this is as good as it gets. Here we go. Right. I shall lack it and that's it it's and the, the whatever's left at the end of the day that's what you get um all right penny nance thank you so much for thank stopping you. in to visit with us again congratulations on the book heading thank into you. uh paperback if you yes. haven't checked it out feisty and feminine uh and again we will leave the door open for any of our uh, planned parenthood friends or uh you know uh, contacts anybody you want to come on we would love to add you to this conversation as well until next time this is live in the bream this has been live in the bream on fox news radio